Welcome to another episode of Talk Toby to Me. I'm Jess. And I'm Meg, and we're two sisters that love to talk all things business, mindset, self-development, and everything in between. This is normally part of our weekly phone catch-ups, but hot girls don't gatekeep, so we've decided to bring our combos to you. Hey, Sissy Bay. Hey, Boo. How's your week been? My week has been good. It actually feels like a short week because I only did a half day on Tuesday because I went to torture myself and get my laser tattoo removal because anyone who doesn't know I am removing all of my tattoos and I want to be a clean skin so if you're listening and you're in your early 20s and you want to get those tattoos don't fucking do it or get the tiny Um, tats yeah yeah just do your research so my week since we last recorded I spent the weekend at the Langham with one of my girlfriends and we just had the best time it was a little quick trip The weather was a bit rogue. We basically got a couple of hours of sun on the Saturday morning by the pool and it was quite windy. And then plot twist, like after about two hours, all of a sudden it was like a bloody hurricane and everyone was like running away from the pool and there were like bed, like lounge bed things like flying through the air and it was like giving like (laughs) Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Um, literally that's what I thought. Legit. But like we had a great time. We ended up going shopping that day because the weather was just rogue. But yeah, we had two really nice dinners Friday night, Saturday night, and then we both went home Sunday morning. So that was really lovely. Just a little quick trip. I We've made it like an annual thing, Kayla and I, to like do. I mean, we started last year, but we've like decided it's going to be an annual thing. Just like a little getaway for the two of us. She is oh, a mum of two and is always very busy and stuff like that. So it's good for her to have a little break as well. And then this week, yeah, biz as usual. I did have a meeting with Emily where we started to kind of plan out the new year and what I started to kind of map out what I need from like a staffing perspective for the new year because I definitely like she'll be coming back but in a different capacity to what she worked for me before. She was previously full-time, as some of you guys will know, um, kind of running the show. And uh, I've been kind of thinking about what I need from a like staffing perspective come the new year. So we're just cruising through to the end of the year. And then I've got my VA, my international VA, who does like a lot of the admin side of things, but I do want to reintroduce someone to kind of help me develop and execute a lot of the business development side of things in terms of like new offers and scaling and that kind of thing. So I think we've kind of come up with a bit of a plan. Emily has been doing the social media while she's been on maternity leave and she's going to keep doing that because she can do that from home and she's going to come back like this is our plan so far. She's going to come back and do browse like one day a week on the day that she can get care for her daughter. And she will do like that business development side of things from home. So obviously that all that kind of stuff can be done remotely in this day and age. So that's amazing that we can kind of continue on as a team because we do work so well together. And yeah, that's about it. Today I'm going after this with my best friend to her wedding venue to kind of like plan out where things are going and where she wants to position things and all that kind of stuff uh, because she's getting married in Sydney in Feb. So that's super exciting. But, yeah, I feel like I've had a chill week because I've kind of only worked two and a half days in the salon and it just went really quickly. How was your week? My week's been interesting, (laughs) like good, but I – so Friday night 
Nick and I went to like whatever the kids' fright night is at Dreamworld with two of our best friends that have two little girls. And I actually thought it was going to be like kind of boring, but I was like, oh, it would be nice to catch up with them. But we actually had so much fun. You were living your best life. And actually, I think you messaged me like popping off because the weather was like really bad and you were like, oh, and then you literally were living your best life. Yeah, it was like my inner child was very happy, very fulfilled. And then Saturday night, like the whole weekend was a very like wholesome weekend. We had Nick's two little sisters down Saturday night and we did a horror movie marathon and made some like Halloween themed. I actually loved that so much. I was like, oh, sad I'm not invited. Yeah, it was really fun. It was actually, like, way more hassle than, like, it was, Mm. like, it wasn't even, like, worth, like, the actual stuff didn't even really taste good or whatever, but it was just fun. fun, Made for a good reel. Yeah, yeah, Mm. for the content. No, actually, do you know what's so funny? What I realised, you'll laugh at this, I realised, like, what kind of parent I would be like. And I was like, I need to, um, it's just so rogue, but it made me think I need to, like, loosen up with my like if I want to take content and stuff like that when I've got kids because I can't be like everyone wait like <laughs> no, do you know what I mean like <laughs> nobody eat yet to have yeah like yeah. I was like all right I'm gonna have to work on that I've got a few years to work on that and actually you're quite like lax, lax with your content already so oh my yeah. god imagine me I'd be like yeah we're all wearing matching outfits <laughs> everyone's standing in a row <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then Sunday, Nick's whole family came down. So we just had like a kind of beach day and stuff like that. And then Sunday, Arvo, I got so sick. It just hit me like a bus. I started with a really sore throat. And then overnight I had like the most cooked fevers and body aches. And so Monday I woke up like really bad. So I canceled everything for Monday and literally slept all day. I did not move from bed until like probably 5 p.m. where I went down to the beach for like 10 minutes. Oh, sorry, I went to the doctors, got antibiotics, obviously didn't take them. <laughs> if you know, I was you like, know. No. Gut health um, clean. Yeah, so I just slept all day and then I had to move a lot of my calls and stuff to the following days. Can um, I just say, when the fuck has anyone ever taken antibiotics where they've actually gotten better quicker than if they didn't take them? Yeah. Con- controversial. controversial. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like a child and it's like a life or death scenario but yeah yeah that's what yeah 100 percent. but that's the thing i was like i'm pretty sure what i've been told i have which you said it was laryngitis is viral yeah sometimes i just like pipe down anyway. here's some antibiotics yeah yeah literally and so i was like okay i'm not going to take them because i trust my body to recover fast because it always does if i just like i know what to eat i know i need to spend time in nature i need to um get some sunlight, I need to drink shitloads of water, certain supplements to take. And, I yeah, I woke up fine Tuesday. I've had a sore throat still. But then, yeah, and then I had just my usual Tuesday was actually cooked busy with all my client check-ins and then also I had like four business mentoring calls. But one of the things, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I wanted to tell you because it was like so just like warmed my heart. One of my new business mentoring clients on our call, when we started, she was like, I just want to tell you like my expectations because you always talk about on, on the podcast. And, and I was like, oh okay, God, firstly, love, love that. And then Clear comps. She, yeah. And I was like, okay, love that so much. And then she was like, 
So I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before about my, I think I surely have, about my belief that my worth is measured by the volume of the value I provide to people. Mm, And it's something like I'm obviously working through. And anyway, she said something to me like how she is grateful for me just being. And I was waiting for her to say something after that, like being something. And she stopped and I was like, oh, my God, that is literally like what I needed to hear because Mm. particularly with my business mentoring clients, but she was then like uh, we had a conversation about it and then she was explaining how just knowing she has me there and my energy already has done so much for her business and we literally have just started. (laughs) So I think. I love that. Yeah, like this, it, it is so true. Like there's so much power in. Proximity. Proximity, yeah. Mm, I fully, yeah. And I was like, thank you so much because that's like something I'm working through at the moment and you've just like validated. And also words of affirmation is our love language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and then other than that, the only other thing that I haven't told you yet, Jess, because I was like, I want to tell you on the podcast, is Nick and I were doing this like journaling activity for the future where you write down in the present Stop! tense. Stop! I love that you did that. I don't even know where you're going with it. <laughs> like 10 years, five years, four, three, two, one. And he was reading his out to me the other night and there was something that he said – I don't, I'm not going to share it on the podcast because it's like quite intimate, but I literally just sat there crying because I was just so like grateful for the work he's been doing and excited for our future. Oh my God. I love that. I'm excited for your future too. So yeah, that's been my little update. Love that. I actually have one more thing that I did this week and I'm feeling like a hot mess on the pod today because, well, just in life this week, because I started my Morpheus 8 journey with my girlfriends at Laser Cosmetica. And for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's like a quite invasive skin treatment. And it like t- it's, it's like the holy grail of skin treatments. And it's like a big thing at the moment. Um, and it's basically this thing, like this gun of like all these needles that like stamp into your face like like repeatedly over your whole face and you can do like your neck or you can do your whole like you can do any parts of your body but they do like different depths and different passes so I think they did three different depths of needles and three passes each so they went over my whole face basically nine times with this thing of needles it's also like hot so you have to like numb your whole it's like not hot temperature wise but it's like putting heat I don't know I'm probably butchering what the treatment What's is. But it, how's it different from the needling that I had? Because that's also a little stamp of needles. Yeah, but this is like with the radio frequency or something. I don't know. Yeah. I should probably have Googled it before I started talking about it. But um, anyway, Morpheus 8, it is like very invasive. Like you numb your face for 45 minutes prior. Oh, right. Okay. And I'm getting it to like tighten my face and it does like a whole – array of other things as well but I have like I was literally like moon face for like two days after like mild but for me I could obviously notice it like quite swollen and now I've just got like it's made me have like a mad breakout which for someone that never has pimples I'm like feeling rogue as like I have whiteheads all over my face you probably can't see them in the video but I'm just like not wearing makeup which isn't uncommon anyway but like it's kind of shedding it's got like all the little dot marks that are like 
little dots from the needles where they entered the skin and like a texture. But I'm so excited for this because it's something I wanted to do for so long. And it's just one of those like goat treatments. Yeah. That, so I'm yeah, like to see the change. Yeah. And I've, so now like I kind of had a bit of a headache for a few days. Uh, obviously it's like a bit of inflammation to the face and that kind of thing. And yeah, I'm so keen. I'm sharing it on the socials. So if anyone wants to follow along on that, but yeah, Love. fucking keen for that. But feeling like a bit of a hot mess. I'm grateful for what my this mentoring said to me about just being. I love that. I am so grateful for the comms in my new relationship. Love. Like communication is on point and it's always very regulated and, yeah, it's just great communication. <laughs> my love is so much. <laughs> um, also, just quickly on the regulated thing. This same business mentoring client said to me that our podcast was what literally taught her how to regulate her emotions or like self-regulate because she's done like years of therapy and stuff like that. And she said she never understood like she would get these feelings in her body and blah, 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 but never understood kind of what it was. So she didn't know then how to self-regulate. Wow. And I was like, wow, that is that fucking hectic. That is literally our purpose of our podcast to do things like that for people. And actually that's very similar to a message that I got from one of the girls on the Goldie that I work with saying that the, the episode we did, was it on where we talked about a bit about shadows? Was that on the limiting beliefs app? It was the episode where we talked about a little bit about shadows, triggers, sorry. It was the episode on triggers. And she messaged me saying I've, delved into shadow work before and never understood it and you explained it in a way that just made so much fucking sense and now I oh like she it's just helped her like transcend like some of that stuff that she's already kind of started to learn but didn't fully understand so I was like fuck I love that I know I love that so much and it's such a good reminder too to do things in the way that feels good for you because mm that's why people come to you and not someone else. Like someone else might be quote unquote doing it better than you, like on paper, but like people are going to come to you because of how you explain things. Mm. And also I thought you were going to go a different route when you said it's a reminder. It's also a reminder to keep doing the work because you'll continue to like evolve your understanding and your integration of like things that you learn. And Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And also like, I was talking to someone yesterday about how I've done values like 47 times. Mm, and I swear I you're always something. texting me saying, I've just redone my values based off X. Yeah, like a new way of doing it. And I think it's huge because you can definitely get in this headspace of like, oh, I've already learned that before. But like there's so many different ways of doing it. You can take mm. something new from each different thing and, and mm. it's going to resonate with different people if you work with people or whatever it is it's like yeah. when we do our avatar like how our, our ideal client like that will change and evolve 100 as your business and how grows i and did it yeah how i did it originally is so different to how i now get my clients to do it because it's like evolved how i what i think is important mm. yeah i love that so just quickly before we kick off the app we would Absolutely love it if you could, if you are listening to this episode, you could share it to your stories because we really want to grow the podcast and help as many people as possible. Yeah. 
And like a lot of, yeah, people DM us. So if you are finding value from it, then it would mean the world to us if you could post a little snip on your story. So today, guys, I'm interviewing the one and only Sissy Bay. So Meg, for those who don't know, has a background in accredited sports nutrition and eight years of experience training clients alongside competing as a fitness model in the IFBB, WBFF, ICN, and AWMBS. She aims to improve her client's quality of life with a scientific and enjoyable approach rather than giving her clients another 30-day challenge or a chicken and broccoli meal plan that's not sustainable long-term. Meg's business is built around, and if you're an avid listener, you'd absolutely already know this. Her business is built around educating her clients to empower themselves to make informed decisions to transform their lifestyle, starting with their strength and nutrition, but also encompassing a holistic approach to change their whole life. So Meg is now a multi six-figure business owner, coach, and mentor with a team of three and is always continuing to grow. So to kick us off, the first question that we have received is how to find the right coach. Yeah, this is so common. I actually had a conversation with someone the other day in the DMs about this because she was saying that she had a really bad experience with someone and I was kind of relating it to all other areas of your life, whether that's a therapist or a romantic relationship, like anything that you're trialing, like it's going to take, it, it could potentially take a few people or like hun- like so many people to find the right person for you. I think. Can I relate. Guess it- <laughs> <laughs> and actually I said to her, like, cause she's married with kids. I said, have you ever had a, any shitty relationships before the one you're currently in? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I said, what What would you do? Because she's afraid of trying a new coach. And I said, well, what if you like just stopped looking for another partner after that first relationship? You, were just, you just gave up. You're like, nah, fuck that. Had one bad experience. Not trying again. You wouldn't be married. You wouldn't have these two beautiful children. So I fucking um, love that analogy so much. Yeah. So I think firstly is it, may potentially take a few people to find the right person. But then the other thing is not staying in a coaching container that doesn't serve you. Yes. For like too long. And there's kind of two sides to this. The first side is you need to be clear with your communication. We bang on about this all the time, but the first thing I ask new leads on like inquiry calls, if they are currently with another coach or they have just left their coach even sometimes is did you communicate your concerns with that coach? And then there's two sides of that where obviously the coach has to make the client feel comfortable to be able to open that conversation because I know some people in the industry where if a client comes to them with a concern, they just say, oh, that's just how it is or like they're not Mm. open to explaining things or anything like that. And then the other side is like the client actually taking initiative to open up that communication. So having an open line of communication with your coach is really important for what you feel like isn't working for you because they can either explain why it is that they've prescribed certain protocols or whatever it is, or they can then be aware of it and change it. And then from like a more like basic kind of level thing to think about. tangible kind of. Yeah, like obviously it's two things knowing that the coach has the right 
qualifications to be giving you the training and nutrition protocols, nutrition in particular, because you can really fuck someone up if you, you know, are keeping them in a deficit for too long or if, or even like you're just not going to get the results that you're wanting to get if they don't know what they're doing. And then on the flip side, if you're not really sure what their qualifications are, because a lot of people don't really, you know, share much of that, have they got long-term client results? Yeah, I was going to say what popped into my head was that qualifications don't necessarily translate to results or healthy, long-term, sustainable results. So I feel like looking for that evidence particularly is particularly important and that is abundantly clear in your business. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of when I say results, it's not just like before and after photos. Whilst they can absolutely be evidence that the client is in a better place after or um, aesthetically better yeah but also internally because I think there's a lot of people say we don't post before and after pictures because they don't show you anything but I think there's a lot of before and after pictures that the person after is actually significantly healthier in all facets Mm. but it's more so like the testimonial of what the experience they've had and and how long they've potentially been with the coach or how long that journey's taken like the very first one on our um, website under our testimonials is my first ever client actually and it's been like however long eight years or something since I stopped oh probably seven years since I stopped coaching her and she lost like 60 something kilos and she's still you go on her Instagram today she still has that weight loss and she's got like all these beautiful healthy recipes that she shares and like so you can see that it's like a sustainable healthy change on the back of that, how can someone decide between whether they need a personal trainer or an online coach if they're new to this kind of thing? This is a really common question we get with beginners because they're like, do I need an in-person trainer before moving to an online coach is often what they say. And I can obviously only speak for our service, but what I've found since moving from in-person PT to online is actually the clients that are coached online tend to often get better results because like I always talk about, they're actually empowered to show up for themselves. And I'll talk about obviously how we actually check technique and all that type of thing in a second, but they aren't just turning up to the gym when that PT is there and just going through the motions while they're chatting to their PT and they're not really like conscious of the program they're doing because the PT is just telling them what to do and they're not conscious of, yeah, like what their body is doing and mm. and stuff like that. Whereas since I've moved fully online, I've actually noticed a different type of client who is much more self-led and learns a lot faster the correct technique to do and is more accountable to like being consistent in the gym because they've actually got to think about it when they go in. Mm. And then again, from like a tangible perspective, like I said, I can only speak for our coaching, but we get all our clients to actually send videos of their technique and we go through that completely. So obviously I started as a PT. I think personal training is amazing, but I think if you are with a PT, just be conscious that you should, in my opinion, be trying to learn why you're doing what you're doing and also having like a you know a program to do outside of that one session or two sessions or whatever you do as opposed to just turning up doing the session going home because that's great for general health and fitness but 
if you're wanting, you know, more dramatic results or if you're wanting sustainable results, then I think, yeah, online coaching is the way to go. And I also feel like you mentioned that people might want to do personal training because they feel like they don't have to think about it. But whilst, like from my own experience too, and I'm sure you can attest to this with all of your clients, like whilst if you're brand new, it might be a bit to navigate initially when you start online coaching because you do need to take the videos and you need to like record your weights and like use the app and things like that. It becomes second nature because you are educating yourself. And so you can then come into the gym after you have learnt all these tools and, you know, the correct form of like the most like the exercises that you're doing most commonly and things like that, you can come into the gym and do your workout and get in and get out. And like, it is a very simple process. It's just, if you are brand new, it may seem like it's going to take you longer, but I feel like in the long run, it's actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bit more streamlined. Yeah. And it will actually like save you time and effort in the long run. It's kind of like, we got a question, which we won't answer today because we answered it on Jess's interview app, I think two episodes ago. So go back and listen if, if you haven't yet about why you would pay more for, you know, your cosmetic tattooist. And it's the same in in the fitness industry, which is what we spoke about. But it's the same kind of thing. Like you, you'll pay more in the long run. You'll, you'll mm. spend more time in the long run. Mm. And you can very easily that. come out of six months, a year, five years of PT, no more educated on what you're doing. Absolutely. And that happens all the time, Mm. which on the flip side, I get messages from clients I trained online, like, you know, two, three years ago saying, I've been able to keep doing what you taught me. And like, I've gotten like, they send me their photos, been like, look at these epic results that I've been able to achieve, you know, a year and a half after we stopped working together because of the tools that they were given and the education they were given. Mm. Love that. So what methods do you use to navigate all of the nutrition and workout information in the market to ensure that you're providing the best programs for your clients? I love this. Always upskilling in what you're providing. So obviously training, nutrition. I've obviously studied in sports nutrition and then I'm constantly doing, you know, different courses and learning from different um, like other coaches in the industry and everything like that. And I think it's the whole Dunning-Kruger effect. Like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Mm. So constantly upskilling and putting that, investing that time and money into that. And also giving yourself permission to be wrong. Like I think if you look back to what you were teaching clients five years ago and aren't a little bit like, ooh, if you're still doing the same stuff you were doing five years ago, it's very likely that you haven't done the professional development that you should be doing, especially in the fitness industry when new research is constantly Mm. coming out and the industry is forever changing. So you need to keep up with that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like the research, the science is constantly evolving and developing and absolutely you need to stay relevant and on top of all of that. Mm. And also whilst there's a most efficient way to get someone to their you know body goals or strength goals or health goals it's also really about understanding what that client needs 
and tailoring it to their needs because there's the right, in quotations, program is going to be different for everyone. So it's having a really open-minded, open-minded, yeah, wow, love that, approach to your coaching because there's a lot of people in the industry that their way is the only way mm-hmm. and whilst it might be on paper the most efficient way to get that client there if it's not going to be something the client can adhere to or if they've got underlying behavioral issues or whatever it is then it's not going to be the most efficient way so yeah mm-hmm. being really open-minded and being able to adapt to each new client that comes on board. I think that's also one of your strengths as someone that has coached with you. I feel like you're very aware of like every different person's behavioral like traits or psychological things that are at play or like injuries and like what's going on at home for them or like their work schedule. And that's something that you've always been very adaptable towards and I think that's like a huge strength of yours thanks and it is like because I think a lot of yeah other people in the industry it's very ego driven that their way is the best way but actually you've got to put that aside because you're going to get the client better results if you can be a more open-minded which is going to be better for you anyway and also give them those long-term strategies to empower themselves so that then when they do leave you, they're still a walking testimonial of your business. Yes, and 100%. There's this big, like, debate in the industry about, like, you know, you shouldn't keep, you shouldn't have to keep your clients for long-term or you, you should have someone long-term. And it's kind of like a bit of both because often the the change that a client wants to make is going to be a long process. But then also it's knowing that if you're giving them those tools and that education, then a year down the track after they've stopped working with you, when they have new goals and they want to elevate their physique or life to a whole new level that they didn't want to achieve before, they're going to come back to you. And we get that a lot. Like I genuinely get a lot of old clients return and they only left because you know they got what they needed at the time and then they they've come back when they've got new goals or their life's changed and they need yeah yeah and I think a massive part of both our industries coaches want to gatekeep that kind of empowerment and education because they feel like it's going to keep the clients needing them which is toxic af but it's not the case because they're going to then one day not be coaching under you and be like, how the fuck do I not know all this? Mm, And actually this hectic thing is like popping off on social media in my industry at the moment or like with this one person's business where they are popping off about someone kind of copying a photo shoot they did and, you know, kind of copying how this other business who trained them shows up and they've kind of replicated a photo shoot and whatever. And I just feel like there's that perspective and there's the perspective of, holy fuck, I trained that person and look how good they're doing now. That's a testament to my education. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where you and I, there's obviously other people too, but that's where you and I differ as educators and coaches and mentors and whatever. 
because we look at that as like a huge achievement for us in our businesses that we've enabled someone else to be able to go and do that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if they're not getting that education from you, they're going to eventually want to get it elsewhere. And be like, why the fuck did this person not tell me that? Okay, so this next question actually cracks me up because it's giving me as a client. How do you navigate clients not sending videos of their technique for feedback? I assume this question is coming from like other coaches. Yeah. In regards to their clients being difficult to coach. Yeah, I I actually get this a lot in my DMs about like their clients not being coachable and not adhering to their protocols. And this is a huge conversation that we need to have in the industry about asking your clients better questions to get better results. And my literal coaching motto is to empower the client to identify their own barriers or problems and to come up with their own solutions so that they actually stick. And this is what differentiates MGTVY coaching from other coaching because there's a lot of coaches that say they, in quotations, empower their clients. And whilst they are doing that to some degree through education, they're missing the piece that is teaching their clients to think for themselves. Mm. Because you can give someone all of the education, but if they aren't able to, like I said, identify their own barriers that are specific to their life, then they're not going to come up with their own solutions. And if they're not coming up with the solutions, it's human nature to not want to implement what your coach is telling you to do. Mm. So it's very rare. And this is a huge part of also my training for the coaches that work for me, that we will actually, if someone's got a problem, just give them a list of solutions to that problem. So like it could be something as simple as they, you know, didn't adhere to their nutrition for the week. It's going, okay, we'll actually unpack, okay, why did you not adhere to it? Instead of just going, here are all the reasons or even like something as simple as you didn't have your food prepared. A lot of coaches will then go, okay, well, you need a meal prep better or you need to do this better or whatever it is. But it's like, okay, why weren't you prepared? Was it was it something as simple as you just need to schedule into your calendar or was it something like you actually don't know you're having some kind of issue, you actually don't know like what you should be preparing or like there's so many different kind of layers to it and a lot of the time you need to like dig, dig, dig because the clients haven't thought like that before. So it's really about asking better and more questions to get to like the root problem because not only is that going to help that situation, it's also going to empower them to the next time something similar comes up, they're going to go, okay, why didn't this work for me? And then they can go, okay, well, it didn't work because of this, so I can do this instead. Mm. So it's like it's actually empowering them to make those changes for the for the long term and for all areas of their life, not just, you know, their nutrition or whatever it is. Love that so much. I actually, as a side note, I also remember having a conversation with a client about her training program and she was like wanting to change her program after like, I don't know, only three weeks or whatever. And obviously we educate on progressive overload and why you need to stick to something long term and focus on your technique and then increase the weight and improving the tempo and all the things. And 
once I actually explained that to her, she was like, oh, wow, my old coach never told me that. Mm. And so she would just give me a new program every four weeks. And when she asked me for the new program because she was bored or whatever, she was really like a bit, had a bit of attitude. And I was mm. like, I fully you understand. You've got to learn why. today. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, no, I totally understand why because she didn't know why yeah. she wouldn't stick to a program for longer than that. So it's about educating your clients and then also empowering them to think for themselves. It's giving when people want microblading because they think it's more natural. I and literally, they're like, no, 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 it, I want natural. Yeah, I literally. Yeah, just, okay, you're um, getting soft ombre. Thank you, thank you of you because you're the same the same like you'll educate on the different options but then you also ask the questions like how do you do your makeup to yeah. make them go oh actually yeah yes. i do want ombre not yes. you just saying you, you need, need ombre. ombre yes because that's where the resistance comes from because we're telling them something rather than like rather than what we actually do which is empowering them to come up with it themselves yeah yeah and actually something else that popped up for me earlier when you were talking about how it can take you like a few coaches or a few therapists or a few partners to find the right one. There is also something to be said for sticking something out for like a certain amount of time to get results. But in that time, communicating your concerns, your needs, asking questions, all of the things. So Mm. like if you're in a coaching container that's you're not getting the results you're after, or if you're with a therapist that you're not clicking with or you're in a relationship that's not meeting your needs like there's something to be said for sticking with that for a certain period of time but doing the things you need to do to get the most out of it so communicating asking questions etc all of the things yeah and I think because a lot of the time the problem is you don't know why you're not getting the results that you want to get so by asking those questions it'll very quickly highlight if the coach is just giving you a cookie cutter program or if it is actually tailored because if they're not open to explaining why they've prescribed something then that's like in my opinion evidence that they don't Mm. they they haven't tailored it to you yeah it's going to give you clarity either way and also just back on the like thinking for yourself thing as well like this is why we get clients that Literally, if you go through our testimonials, the amount of people that are like, I've left toxic relationships and I'm in this beautiful relationship, I've got a promotion at work or I've changed my whole career, like all these things because we're teaching you to think for yourself and mm. it, it does like. Transfer into other parts of your life. Yeah. Naturally, yeah. it's going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's the best part. Um, the next question also I can relate to hard because I I was diagnosed with binge eating disorder in my probably early 20s and Meg has without a doubt cured this for me or empowered me to cure this for myself. And the question is, do you think calorie banking can be associated with binge eating? So firstly, calorie banking for anyone who doesn't know is if you're like tracking your calories or actually this could kind of work without necessarily tracking your calories, but say you've got a dinner on or an event on where you basically like hoard all the calories for the day to be able to have more for that event or so that you, you know, stay within your maintenance or your deficit calories. And I love this question because 1 million percent, I believe it can very often, it can 
cause you to eat more at the event or the dinner or whatever it is because you're going to be more food focused and Mm. obviously actually hungrier. And my approach to nutrition has changed dramatically since I started coaching. I, I kind of could split it into like three different phases. So you've got like you're just trying to hit your macros or your calories or whatever it is and you actually can't even really do that because you don't have the skills to like prepare your food and track and like the basic kind of knowledge to do that. And then the second phase is like you've got the tools and the habits to track your food and you're using techniques like eating lots of volume to stay within your diet and to adhere to the diet. And then phase three is actually looking at the underlying behavioral changes that you need to make to not just adhere to the diet for however long the diet goes for because you shouldn't be dieting dieting forever, but then sustain those changes long-term. And these are things like learning how to eat mindfully and understanding your emotional triggers for food and all that type of thing. And so like there definitely was a phase where I was like very much just focused on the kind of surface level things like, oh, you're you're overeating because you're hungry or that's what the client might say. So I'm like, okay, let's add volume. But then there's an element of that that's like there's, you can kind of break up your satiety scale into like there's a portion of that where no amount of volume is going to is gonna satiate you. And then there's another portion of that where it's like emotional satiation. So mm. whether that's like social event and you're kind of filling your cup in that way and food is a big part of that or it's like, yeah, like whether that's coming from like, you know, emotional eating or whatever it is. And so I think if you are someone who calorie banks for events, I would be asking yourself, are you doing that because you're in this four, six, eight, 16 week dieting phase and when you come out of that you are able to eat healthily and when I say healthily I mean like regular portions and you're not avoiding any food groups because they're more calorie dense so like there's there's so many people that will avoid eating fruit because I think there's too many carbs but instead they'll be eating all these like processed fiber bars and shit that fills up their macros looking at your eating patterns and whether it's do you mean like whether your decisions are based on trying to diet forever yeah like achieving a short-term diet goal for a purpose or like based on emotional or behavioral or psychological kind of yes background because like a lot of the time I actually have this conversation a lot with people that have been volume eating for so long and still can't achieve their body goals. And I'm like, okay, let's think about that. Like it's probably not that you're really hungry in a deficit. It's probably your behavioral, like Mm. your underlying psychological response to food or whatever, Mm. how it relates to your food. So, And I can just on that note, I can like – fully reflect on going from if it fits your macros to volume eating to try and be full all the time yeah when you're still eating healthy but it's like yeah to low calorie yeah so then that stage identifying that actually it's an emotional like it's emotional work you need to do 
And mm. now if I've got an event, I eat at the event and I eat healthy meals around that. And by yeah, healthy, yeah. I mean like I don't track my nutrient calories. Dense. They're nutrient dense. They're not massive. They're just like normal fucking whole yeah. foods. Yeah, because if you feel like you have to go to an event with this excessive amount of calories as your quotations allowance that's a problem in itself Mm. and And don't get me wrong like having gone through comp preps and stuff there is a time and place for it Mm. but if this is your life I would be questioning how has that served you so far Mm. because I can reflect like I can think back to like absolutely doing that and then now if I've got a dinner I'll eat my normal breakfast, my normal lunch, and then I don't – I'm not ridiculously hungry at this dinner because I've eaten normal fucking meals all day. Yeah. 100%. Whereas when you bank, you're literally fucking starving and then you're eating random shit that you don't even want to eat just because you're that hungry. And, and you're also like, yes, like, I've banked all these calories for this. And and further to that, you're then not present with the people that you're spending mm. time with because you're so focused on eating. Like I'm sure so many people will relate to this. Like – they would have looked up the menu in advance and then they, they when they, people are talking to them, they're, like, not fully there because they're, mm. like, waiting for the food to come and they're, like, mm. starving. So if you – and this is why so many people do challenge after challenge or are with even coaches for, like, long periods of time but then still need to be with that coach, with a new coach or that same coach or whatever – because they're not aware of like their actual behavioral and psychological relationship with food. And I also feel like I want to add that it's never too late to start that journey and make those changes. Mm. Like that can come, all that work can be done like anytime. Yeah, 100%. Especially like this is, you know, deep, but I think so relevant. You don't want to get, and it also sounds a bit fucking cliche, but you literally don't want to be like 70 and be like, wow, I just fucking wasted so much mental real estate Mm. thinking about what I was going to eat when I could have been spending that time with my loved ones or building my career or like it's like huge the impact that it has on your life outside of your body. Mm. it's actually I think I've said this to you like it's actually so nice is literally the word nice and freeing to not be constantly thinking about food Mm. yeah 100% I also did want to just add to that that there's like as a coach or even as a client it's important to use discernment because tracking your macros absolutely plays a part in improving someone's nutritional literacy and a lot of the time it's kind of this balance between you want the client or if you're the client to get some physical results to motivate you to continue working on the longer term behavioral Mm. changes because those things take longer and it absolutely is going to help if you're getting some physical results as well but if you're someone who's gotten lots of physical results and never been able to sustain them then that's a behavioural issue. And they definitely go hand in hand. Yeah. And so also like just, yeah, if you are a coach, it's using discernment to understand where the client's at with their nutritional literacy and their triggers and everything with food 
to understand what is the right protocol for them. And when someone comes on like a discovery call with me and they go, do you do meal plans or are you going to give me macros? I, I can never answer that question with this is what you're going to get. I always say it depends on your nutritional literacy and your relationship with food because for some people macros is going to be perfect. For other people, we're going to give them three nutritional habits to check off each day and we're going to work on journaling your emotions around food as an example. I love that so much. So to wrap up the app, uh, we're going to do a rapid fire answer from Meg. So Meg, what are your top must do's if you're starting your online coaching business or you're new to the industry? Okay. These are in no particular order. Building your authority in the industry. So making it very apparent to people that you are an expert in whatever it is that you're trying to get clients to do. That is so fucking just to interrupt your rapid fire, it's so fucking weird how in sync we are. Literally last night in my notes, I started like mapping out the next, like I want to do like monthly masterclasses and the top one was like authority. Yeah, love. Mm. And I think, sorry, it's not rapid fire. I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, particularly online coaches starting, they're focused so much on putting out creative recipe reels and, like stuff that isn't going to generate leads. You might get like saves comments, but that does not equal leads and new clients. Mm. Like 99% of the time, my least engaged posts online are the ones that generate the most leads. Yeah. Oh, this is rabbit fire. Provide a fucking exceptional service. I've spoken about this on previous episodes, but everyone wants to skip this part. They just want to make bank and they want to have all these clients. But the fastest way to do that and the most sustainable and scalable way is to get really fucking good results for your clients that are going to give you good testimonials and referrals. And I think I see that so prevalent in my industry, even with like past staff. If they're coming into my business or the industry just wanting to make money, they're not going to make money. Yeah. And like I started in the industry and did so well because I didn't think about money for like my first however many fucking years. But yeah, I just wanted to get people fucking good results and be a great coach. The next one is to, I said this in one of the previous questions, but continue to upskill, particularly in human behavior and psychology, because that will be what differs you from the rest of the personal trainers and nutritionists. And also that those two things are key to selling. Yeah. So as a business owner. See, I was just thinking like from a coaching perspective. Yeah, but as a business owner. Which is obviously going to get you. But also, yeah, especially for, yeah, marketing and and everything like that. And like that's what I said earlier, like that's our point of difference is that we're fucking good at that. So if you can have that point of difference, then it's going to separate you from everyone else with a cereal box certificate and then the last one or kind of two together would be um this is really like basic but it blows my mind how many people don't I already um, know what you're gonna say and i'm just yeah have this or have it and don't enforce it is a a direct debit system like if you are still chasing up payments what are you doing like Literally. you don't have time for that we always talk about thinking your business like a big business 
you do not have time to be chasing up payments and like and if you do have time for that you're procrastinating yeah yeah and there's obviously a whole piece for like if you're getting lots of clients, this is a total side note, but if you're getting lots of clients that do fail their payments, there's something to, set, to be said for that. We can maybe do another episode. But that's on, like standard that. expectations. And then um, kind of in the same realm would be having a minimum term because, A, it's going to take you some time to get results for your clients. And if you're if they're expecting to get their whole goals met in a week, then that's a problem in itself. But also just from like a business perspective, it's just going to like help you filter out the people that aren't serious. And if you're putting all this effort in to set this new client up and tailoring everything and then they are like wanting to cancel or whatever, like it's just there's so many people that don't enforce it. They've got one on their contract, but they don't enforce it. As soon as someone says, oh, I need to cancel because of this reason, they go, oh, shit, I don't know what to say. Like it's literally as simple as then going, this is the contract. Like if by X date when your contract's up, you're still wanting to cancel, we can action that or whatever it is. And like it's almost like less is more in that kind of Mm. response. Does that make sense? Mm. And also those good, um, which I'm actually transitioning to one at the moment, but those really good um, direct debit systems often have like a debt collection component to them as well. So if you do struggle with that kind of thing, you can implement a system that not only takes the payment, but if they do default on a payment within their term, it will be handled externally without you having to kind of do anything. Mm. And this is like a common, I guess, conversation I'm having with business mentoring clients because they – are like, you know, they feel bad or whatever for whatever the reason is. But the bigger your business grows, potentially the more this is going to happen. And it's just like you can't be flaky with that at the start because it will fuck your life up. And also like <laughs> but when you have those systems in place, as in like a third-party direct debit provider that takes the money and does the debt collection, you literally don't even have to be involved. Yes. So yeah. it takes out that chance of you having to feel bad because it's not even got anything to do with you like they sign the contract the company gets it they take the money and if they don't pay the money they chase the money Mm, so from like a tangible perspective that has literally got nothing to do with you and like we've said in the past if you're doing the don't spend your time doing the five dollar jobs i actually had a convo with someone about this recently in the dms And this is like kind of an example of how I just always ask more questions. It was someone and they were like worried about the 12-week commitment. And I said, obviously like nicely, let me ask how many weeks do you expect the results you want to get to take? And we'd obviously had a huge combo before this. And I also said, how long were Mm -hmm. you with the last coach that you didn't see results with for? And then she said, I don't have a lot of expectations, but maybe six months. And she was with her last coach for 12 to 18 months, which she'd told me prior that she hadn't gotten any results from. And then I said, so if you trust us to get the results and you feel like it could take six months, then what's truly worrying you about the 12-week commitment? And then it came up that she had a bit of mum guilt spending the money on herself. And then I was talking about, we were talking about, is it worth the price? And she was telling me like how much of a better mum she'll be showing up as. And, I, oh. and then I was like, is that worth the price? And so, like, it's all just about doing Probing. a full circle. Yeah. It's like what people say is never really what they feel or think. So just ask better questions mm. or more questions. I love that. You're so good at that. 
Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. That was fun. I love, I know we say this to each other all the time, but I love hearing you in your element. Yeah. Like, fucking right back at you. You're fucking good at what you do. You too. Love you. Love that pass. So, we trust you found value in this episode. And we would love it if you could share this app with someone who you think would also find value in it because we want to help as many people as possible and it really helps us grow the pod. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at TalkToBeToMePod and you can find the link in our bio for our anonymous Big Sissy advice question and answer box thing. Question box. Love you. Bye.